0: What do me and Dracula have in common?
1: Not
0: a lot. We're both... (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) What do me and Dracula have in common? Not a lot. We're both quite often a pain in the neck. Is that the best you could come up with? Surely (laughs) not. that's all all i got this week was that bad
1: (laughs) that is like scraping the barrel dude i'll be honest with you
0: well i kind of try to keep them out of being smutty
1: no stay in your lane
0: (laughs) Okay, i'll get back to the smut next week my dixie wreck (laughs) i guess we're ready for the show then The writing is atrocious, not a single joke come even close to remotely landing or being funny.
1: I don't know why, but that is extremely interesting to me. <laughs> I'm into that kind of thing. Get to the chopper. Sorry. I feel like we're so spoiled by the internet these days. Thankfully, this does wrap up quite quickly. Step, step back, step, step back. You're going to fuck up in a minute. I'm going to set your place on fire. Let's get higher. How do you know about these people? And what the fuck is this pattern? This effect made people to die. This couldn't make its mind up on what it wanted to be. Yeah.
0: Get a little bit of gasoline. I'm going to make it burn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it burn. I'm going to make it burn. I'm going to make it burn. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Scott. Uh, my name is Mark. And we are your host of the You Run Podcast Horror Movie Review. As the title would suggest, we review horror movies. We cover both new releases and older horror movies picked by you, our listeners, in our Instagram poll. If it's Monday, head to You Run Podcast, at You Run Podcast on Instagram, and you can vote for an upcoming episode. If you're looking for a horror movie podcast that not only can you pick the movies, how I just said, but you can voice your opinion, then you have arrived at your destination. You can get involved in various ways, like three-word review, hot takes. You get to score the movies as well. If that's not enough, you can also email the show. Yourunpodcasts at gmail.com and Mark will read whatever you've got to say on the air. Even more than that, you can call the show and leave us a voicemail by sending us an audio DM on Instagram, or recording us a TikTok with no music and tagging us.
1: I'm yet to read anything out.
0: I know pe- people obviously don't like emailing us. They will. Yeah. It took it took us ages oh, to get voice emails.
1: Fuck Buffy. Come at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you want to clarify which which element of Buffy you would you would? No, nah, would...
1: all of it, all of it, all of you. Come at me. <laughs> All of Buffy. All of Buffy. TV show, dog shit, movie, dog shit. I'll take you all on.
0: Fabulous. That's my email. I instantly regret saying that. (laughs) I'm instantly (laughs) going to turn the volume up on that when you say it. I might even add like an echo where you're like, fuck (laughs)
1: Buffy. Turn me into the hell priest from Hellraiser. (laughs) That's kind of where
0: it's going. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, We have a lot of love for our audience and the horror community as a whole. And Mark, come up with a way to thank some of you individually in a feature that he called Recommended Account of the Week. So far, Mark has recommended 18 new accounts to you since Christmas. And today, he's here to do it all again. One more time. Mark, do the dance. Recommended Account of the Week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I got to emphasize that.
0: <laughs> you know... That. Um,
1: <laughs> nailed it i don't know if nailed it is alright. right term. uh right anyway this week's recommended account is and you know what the only reason i bought this account this week is because his name caught my attention he i said he she they them his name i'll go he just for, for context his account struck me more than anything because of his name and his he's a reviewer and his account guess what his account's called Is it? not guess why it's
0: accountable. No. I don't know why I asked you. Is it it Renfield Reviews?
1: No, it's better than that. It's called What A Ranker. That's great. Isn't it phenomenal? As soon as I found it, I was like, well done. Well done, sir. And I'm guessing based on the name, this is a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Might not be. It might not be. Um, But no jokes aside, this account is really, really good. It's a really in-depth look at not just horror, but films in general. He ranks everything from horror, science fiction, comedy, rom-coms, you name it. He will cover it on his page. Um, and He's really in-depth as well. He takes his time, he he fleshes out his points and his opinions and it, and it makes for some really insightful reads. And um, so, yes, yeah, so there's not really an awful lot to say about this account, other than the fact that he is a reviewer to a high level. And I feel like if you are interested in other people's takes on horror, which is probably why you are listening to this show, then this is an account to follow on Instagram. So you can find him under what underscore a underscore ranker. And that was really difficult to say.
0: Yeah, and don't, <laughs> don't misspell it, because you will get a very different account, I'm sure. <laughs> and don't type it into Google.
1: No, definitely don't type that into Google.
0: <laughs> uh, we have all been in a toxic relationship at one point in our life, but I doubt any of us have been in relationships with immortal vampires. Well, that's the situation that Renfield finds himself in, as he's nothing more than a slave to his boss. This sounded kind of like a marriage. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll in so much trouble later. Uh, Anyway, uh, Nick Cage and Nick Holtz start in the return to the world of Universal Monsters, directed by Chris McKay and based on characters of Bram Stoker. Today, we look at the brand new spanking release, Renfield.
1: Can we put a disclaimer on this episode? How many beers are we in now? Are we eight, nine?
0: We're a few. We've just finished recording Carrie and we're still... Uh, Whoever's listened to our previous episode, Carrie... Um, We've literally rocked straight from one into the other and we haven't stopped, so... Heather has
1: mentioned to me in the past that I sound like I'm chewing peanut butter, so (laughs) this is only going to get worse (laughs) from
0: here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's downhill from here. Anyway, here's the trailer. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a
1: toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers? Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what? Renfield. Bring an innocent pictures. A
0: handful of nuns,
1: a busload of cheerleaders,
0: and I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place.
1: Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter?
0: It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat?
1: You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates.
0: But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power exactly huh. he won't grow to full power what that's so weird why would you phrase it like that but yes hi are you here for the meeting well come on no no some call me the dark one others the lord of deaths to most i am the black
1: okay obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just
0: narcissism here That's it. Listeners have scored this a five out of ten. Uh, IMDb rocking at a six point eight out of ten, and there is no score out of five this week as no reputable media outlets score out of five, and Amazon is not there yet. So oh, the the goodness. only out of five. Why is nobody scoring out of five. It is clearly the logical way to go. <laughs> Apparently not. The only out of five score you're getting this week is from Mark. And that's the only one that matters, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, for anyone who hasn't listened before, we go scene by scene through movies. We give spoiler warnings on all movies over a decade old, and we don't do that with new releases. Surely kind... we've got that back to fun. No, it's kind of a little bit like removing the warning labels from bottles and just letting natural selection run its course. we like t-
1: telling people who filmed like, 40 years old spoiler warning
0: yeah but i've but just then said films i've just come out <laughs> yeah but i've like, just said we're going scene by scene if people still want to listen that's on them i know but
1: i feel like we've kind of got this the wrong way around and we maybe need to re-establish no
0: we're unique we're different
1: <laughs> oh, okay. no spoiler. Warning. we're going against the grain purposefully
0: I, I i get where you go yeah uh firstly this movie is so short like blink and you miss it Short. For a modern day horror Clocking in at an hour and 33 It's disgraceful I wanted more than an hour and a half Out of this movie I can already see where this is going it, its I literally saw the run time And I was like no. fuck off It's so short we're going to fall out. I can feel it. I can feel we're going to fall out on this episode. <laughs> and we've been drinking. This may be the this may be the end of the U Run podcast. <laughs> uh, we kick things off in what I found reminiscent of Fight Club. Uh, it's a self help group called Drag, a Dependent Relationships Anonymous Addiction Group. I cannot tell you how many times I watched this movie just to get the name of that as it flashes up quickly. <laughs> On a piece of paper. Uh, And we hear a girl saying how she was wined and dined and taken and travelled and blah, 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 blah. Not important. Um, Renfield's turn to talk. He starts saying he was in a destructive relationship, but he's doing this all in his head. And we're getting a montage. Uh, We get a montage of Dracula killing people. The screen pauses and we hear Renfield say, well, that's a lot. Let's go back to the beginning. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool, and we get what I was dying to see in this, which is some black and white footage of Nicolas Cage as Dracula paying tribute to Bella Lugosi. It's yep. fucking pitch perfect. It's absolutely yeah, and they even, brilliant. They
1: even condense the screen into like a four by three sort yeah. of aspect ratio, and we get the most sort of I don't know. It, it, every scene is played out like a scene from Nosferatu. It is you get those black and white scenes and then you also get those brown scenes, which depict the night. It it was, it was flawless. It really was. you You could tell that this was something that the production team had taken a lot of care and dedication in order to emerge those previous incarnations of Dracula as well. And you also get multiple variations of Dracula as well. Dracula, Dracula, as again, as we will say, we are a few beers in, um, you get multiple variations of Dracula in these, in these flashback scenes that you don't just get the Nosferatu version. You also get nods to the Bram Stoker's version of Dracula. You get to see him sort of throughout the ages. And I I was just, I was in applaud of what, of
0: what they managed to do in just a few moments of of screenplay. It was really, really clever. Yeah. And I was as well. I'm completely with you. Um, Renfield explains that when he met Dracula, he was a real estate lawyer. He goes on to say that, like the girl at the beginning, Dracula wined and dined him. They travelled the world. We get a great reference to Last Voyage of the Demeter, um, as we see the ship bobbing up and down in the storm, which is great, and teasing to a movie we're doing later this year. Um, Can't wait for
1: that, by the way.
0: He made Renfield a familiar, a servant of Dracula gifted with tiny portions of Dracula powers, this means that Renfield does all the dirty work, like disposing of bodies and luring in victims. We also find out Renfield Renfield gets his powers from eating bugs, and this is kind of where my eyes rolled a little bit. I was like, "Ah, oh, really?" But why? Because it doesn't need fucking explaining. Show him eat a bug, show him have power. You don't need to tell me that's what he's doing. I, I, hate... I feel like I feel like the nature of this film
1: is just kind of laid out on a plate for everybody this is palatable to every kind of member of 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 audience do you know what i mean it's kind of just saying like this is our run through this is a to b this is what we're doing this is how it plays out this is what he does in order to get that and it is laid out to you
0: i'm gonna say as possible i'm gonna say so it contradicts things i've said on previous episodes i fucking hate the monologues in this the monologues in this every time he does one, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I liked them. <laughs> fuck's sake. Uh we cut back to Dracula's killing montage uh, that we started with. Um following this brief roundup of a thousand years worth of vampire lore, which they kind of pick and choose what suits them for this movie. Um now Do you what think? Is... Yeah, kinda. Th- th- Why there's... though? Because I feel like they kind of included a but little bit of everything the, the term fa- the term familiar is never ever mentioned in any early dracula stuff it's
1: yeah but it's not that's what i'm saying it's like it, it, it kind of includes everybody within
0: yeah like including familiar, the,
1: the yeah but the familiar <laughs> aspect of things is a very relevant and more modern take on the vampire law so it's kind of i feel like it does a well-rounded inclusion of everything it kind of brings everything together and and, and makes everybody who even knows has, has the briefest inclination of what a vampire lore is, at least get a sort of mild gauge and understanding of what's going on.
0: Yeah, I get it. But as someone who really likes the original Dracula work and the original book, and I love Bram Stoker's and I love like Bella Lugosi and uh, all of that original Dracula horror, a lot of the modern takes on Dracula, I really eye roll at Blade included. I love Blade, but there's bits in that where I'm like, oh, cough. There's no yeah, need. but for
1: that reason alone, though, like it still does a well rounded version of including everything, which I think you've got to give it appreciation for. It's not just honing in on one particular audience, such as yourself, who is very clearly very bitter about the fact that it's <laughs> including everything. It, it kind of makes it very digestible to every kind of audience I yeah think. and that's uh, something that i appreciated about this film
0: yeah okay i'll I'll, I'll give you that you, you can, have can that. see how
1: this is going to go don't you? Yeah, I,
0: I can see where this episode's going um <laughs> <laughs> we now get what's going on in this scene so the people dracula is killing is members of what i assume is the catholic church but they don't specify um and we see a, a bishop catch him in like a cgi ring of blue fire he then pleads with Renfield to, to free him. And Renfield kind of looks and he doesn't do anything. And then Dracula convinces, he almost seduces Renfield. And it's done really well where he's kind of like, I'm the only one who cares about you. I'm the only one who understands you. And Renfield breaks the circle, setting him free. We also hear the voice in Renfield's head saying, I actually believed him this time too. And I laughed at that. It's something I want to pick
1: up on really early on, just because I know I'm going to come back to it later on, is how does he break the cycle?
0: What, the circle? He kicks a yeah. sandal in, which
1: pushes yeah. all just, the just, salt just, out just, of Yeah, just bear I that think. in mind. Oh, yeah. oh it pushes the salt.
0: Yeah, it moves the salt, which breaks the circle.
1: Okay. Then my whole theory and negativity towards the ending is just completely gone.
0: <laughs> and I knew I knew where you were going with it as well.
1: <laughs> right. So when he kicks the sandal in, it just dis- it it, it, it it disturbs yeah, right. the salt and then the yeah right okay yeah okay.
0: Um, once Dracula is free, he turns into smoke and flies into the bishop's mouth, making him explode. And we hear Renfield say, "I wasn't expecting that." The other guy, I wasn't le-
1: expecting that. No, I wasn't either. <laughs> I,
0: the other guy, let's call him—I don't know—he's, I don't know—he's know, like Budget Van Helsing.
1: Mm. Um,
0: shoots like a bolt at the curtain, and the curtain drops putting sun into the room, Dracula bursts into flames. and We hear Renfield's voice again, going, I wasn't expecting that either. And again, I was with him. I wasn't expecting it either. Um, Dracula attacks and kills the man while he's still on fire. We see Renfield put him out with a blanket. Now we get a final bit of exposition as Renfield explains that this is what happens. We get set up somewhere. Dracula goes on a bloodlust bender. The good guys show up. Dracula kills everyone. I clean up, we move to a new city, I nurse him back to full power, and the whole cycle starts again. Where were you after these introductions? Were you fully on board at this point? Yeah, fantastic exposition, fantastic setup. I
1: was on board for what was coming.
0: Okay, I thought it felt very silly. I was kind of, this is kind of like idle hands, level of daft. Like the the bits where he's like, Hagel "I did." Is a masterpiece. What are you talking about? It, it's like the bit where he goes, "I didn't expect that," and everything pauses. I was like, "Hmm." He's like, and then it like it plays a bit more action, then it pauses again. He's like, "I didn't expect that either," and it cuts back to Nick Holt's dopey looking face, where he's like, Ugh. I just, right. "Oh, I just no offence to Nick Holt, if you're listening." <laughs> I I it wound me up so much. I love Nick Holt. I I, and I, Nick, I
1: don't get that from it because I I kind of. Liked the way that this was playing out as a as a it was clearly like a Dear Diary kind of storytelling element that they used throughout this. This was told from Renfield's perspective, which was the right direction to go considering the title of the film. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I didn't I didn't necessarily feel that this <laughs> was the wrong direction to take it in. I, I kind of appreciated how it played out. I liked the sort of Guy Ritchie snatch style, yeah, it, wall-breaking element of it.
0: It, it wasn't I mean, the wrong direction to take it based on the title. The wrong direction was to title it Renfield. They should have titled it Dracula and just had done with it. No,
1: because if they'd have titled it Dracula, I would have had a different roundup for this film because that's not the film they're telling. That's not the story they're telling. No, Dracula but... is a bit character. He's a side arc and he
0: that's shouldn't have film. Been. And
1: although although he steals the show, granted throughout, yeah. he 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 is not the sole focus of this film. And if it had been titled Dracula, I would have walked away from this with a very different perspective. And I would have expected a lot more from it. And yeah. I would have expected the story to unfold in a different kind of way, but because it was titled Renfield, I already knew the angle that this was going to portray and what we were going to follow. So for me, I'd, I thought this was a very, very intelligent and a very, very well-rounded and, and, well put together build up to a story that we were going to follow on for the next sort of hour and 15 minutes. It worked quite well for me because it set up everything that we
0: needed to as an audience. And, and we knew where we were going to go with it. Okay. Um, We cut back to the therapy session where Renfield is asked if he wants to share. He says no. And the head of the therapy goes, well, that's fine. I just hope you get something out of coming here. We find out why Renfield is really there he's hunting for prey for dracula and he's going to these therapy sessions one to help himself but two because he's after the abusive partners of these people and he feels like he's doing good so he will go and get the abusive partner who's being really horrible to the to the girl or the abusive wife who's being horrible to her husband and he'll feed them to dracula freeing that person of their horrible person and yeah it's win 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 um We see Renfield eat some bugs. um, And as he as we as he leaves, we cut to a cocaine den. The lights go out. Renfield appears and the drug dealers think he's a a guy sent because these guys have stolen some drugs off a drug boss. And they think Renfield is the assassin sent to kill them. And he's like, "Uh, no, I'm not here because of that. I'm here because of your friend, Caitlin. Who was in and the i just start laughing at it. <laughs> they were just piss themselves laughing. They're like, okay then. Um Renfield starts to beat them up um and he's using chloroform. So chloroforms two of the guys down. And the fight scene's okay here. It's not amazing but it's okay. Um, and then we get the actual hitman and uh, it's a big guy with a bag on his head. It's it's a budget bane from Batman. Yeah, but why would you go down that road with it? Why would you just why do you want to hear good things? I started. What to, want to have, Does he or does he not look like Bane with a bag on his head? Yeah, but it's exactly. I'm just. <laughs> it's just an observation. <laughs> um, he turns up and he kills the boyfriend, Caitlin's boyfriend, with a throwing knife. Um, the Batman-style villain now starts throwing knives at Renfield as he dodges them like Spider-Man. I'm not liking the MCU. Universal mashup. It's not what I expected. And for me, it's not landing. um But it, there are high points in this, and we'll get to them. Uh, the fight continues, and Renfield gets cut across the stomach and kind of like some of his guts spill out a little bit. And I was like, oh, that, that's quite cool. I didn't expect that. He then eats another bug, effectively giving him like a power up. It's like Mario getting a mushroom. Um, and he proceeds to punch Buddy, Budget Bane's head clean off his shoulders through the wall all the way out into a car windscreen that's got the dealer who's dropped off the hitman sat in it. That was cool.
1: Yeah. Very cool. But that also brings into question something that happens later on in terms of what the abilities of the bugs are. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I know that's the path you're going to take with this. And I, I kind of agree with you on that. And I do, it does bring into question how getting a wound like that would be healed by eating a bug. Even though we haven't pre-established what the bugs actually do.
0: Well, it hasn't healed him yet. He's still, in a bad way, he gets healed by Dracula. So is it it
1: more like the adrenaline that... Yeah. No, because Dracula cuts him again. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's healed by the time he gets to Dracula.
0: Yeah, and then Dracula, yeah, opens him up again and then heals him with his blood.
1: Yeah, so I'm just kind of like in, in confusion at this point looking at it retrospectively. Like, actually, how did you heal that? Because the bugs don't give you the power to heal. They just give you the power to be an animal
0: hmm. I, i'm glad you're starting to find the holes in it that i found from the start <laughs> um, we now get to meet a character that i was hoping was going to salvage the movie for me um we meet a cop doing traffic stops um and as luck would have it the dealer whose head hit the windscreen he's now driven off and he runs right through this traffic stop the cop i don't know kind of takes off in hot pursuit See? he kind of goes through the thing and he crashes yep. and the dealer gets out and runs away and throws a brick of cocaine behind him, which smashes and like bursts out on one of the cops face. And the female cop eventually brings him down by throwing the baton at the back of his head. It was very, very slapstick.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of slapstick elements in this film.
0: Yeah. I mean the cop getting the, the like brick of cocaine that hits his face and like explodes. I mean, I swear to God, if there's a bear in this, I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) If a bear pops up anywhere through this review, you're just going to hear me put my headphones down and walk away. (laughs) Um,
1: I feel like it's the only thing that's
0: missing, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We see Renfield drag some bodies to an underground too. Um, And we get more of his narration where he's saying that money and resources over the years have kind of started to wane. And they're kind of, they are where they are. They're in this underground dodgy like subway area thank god nick cage arrived because at this point i was kind of almost done i genuinely i was so done man we're only like 15 minutes in how could you be done at this point nicholas cage as dracula is outstanding yeah
1: he's always said that this was one of the one roles he wanted to play and you can
0: tell he gives it his everything he is 100% born to be Dracula from the sec, yeah. the second he sort you see him and he's not quite healed and he's still a bit charred and instantly like his mannerisms, his behaviour, straight away I'm like, yes, you are Dracula. You are yeah. what I want to see. Um, and as
1: much as his passion for this film is, as much as his passion for this character is, you can't help but feel like when they started writing the script for this, they already had him in mind. It was like yeah. we're going to write a film about Renfield, and it's going to be a Dracula codependency story between Renfield and Dracula, and we've got to we've got to have Nick Cage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've because written it, it, I've written Dracula, to... but I wrote it for Nick Cage. So if yeah. you can't get Nick Cage, I need to rewrite it. I can't imagine
1: any other actor portraying the role as well as he does either.
0: No, he he absolutely nails it. Um, Dracula's moaning that he needs pure blood and good blood and renfield's basically giving him shit blood and he's like i just want a nice couple or a family or a group of nuns or even a busload of cheerleaders i love this scene the way they turned around us it's nothing sexual yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing sexual the, the thing is though they had to, all they had to they should have left it there it's nothing sexual but they then went that extra step to try and squeeze a bit of gender narrative into it. It was like, I like boys. I like girls. I like everybody. And that, that you didn't need it. No. You could have left that out. No, I get that. I
1: get that. But still, it was fucking yeah. hilarious.
0: It was. It was hilarious. Uh, Renfield is saying that maybe if they play things a little bit more careful, then perhaps they could have a life again. And this is where, as you said, Dracula cuts him back open again. <laughs> Nicholas Cage telling him that he understand he's he's cut him open. He's laying on the floor and he's dying. And he's like, I understand things are difficult for you, but you need to understand that the rules of man and my rules are very different. And you are my slave and you follow my rules, not the rules of man. And yeah. then he heals him with some blood. He then adds at the end, you will give me exactly what I want. I, I love that scene. It's a really good, impactful scene. Great scene.
1: Yeah. And again, it's perfect character development. It's, it establishes exactly what the narrative is of this film and shows where we're going to go forward.
0: Yeah. In the police station, we see the guy who's been busted by the cops. Uh, this is the, the drug dealer guy. And he's sat in an interrogation room all on his own and he's confessing every crime you could possibly imagine. And the traffic cop who stopped him is watching through mirrored glass. And she's like, that's it. I'm going to bring down the whole cartel from a traffic stop. I'm going to be like fucking detective of the year. Uh, his lawyer arrives and it all goes to shit. And she like goes, we'll leave him. And they go to walk out. And Rebecca, who's the traffic cop, confronts him. She goes and confronts the guy and is shot down by the lawyer and her boss instantly. Yeah. And the, the boss gives the, the, the chief of police gives the big, your dad was a highly decorated cop and, He was the best of us and I expect better of you. And she gets really dressed down. I was like, the fuck? She caught this guy red-handed with bricks of cocaine. Yeah, I mean, this is just establishing the corruption within the the police department. What did you
1: think to the guy? I don't know his name, but the guy playing the wannabe
0: gangster woman's boy. You had issues with him. Uh, At this point, yes. Later, no. Later in the movie he's great. At this point, I just wanted to slap him. I, I loved this guy.
1: I thought he was fantastic. I thought his comedic timing was perfect. So funny. And this is Sonic the Hedgehog, man. Yeah. This is Sonic the Hedgehog. He is so funny in this film as well. And everything he does and every moment of it like I feel like he is the biggest comic relief within this film. And he's, he nails it perfectly.
0: He's funnier as Sonic. Is he? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, he is. If he'd have said, if he'd have said, while I'm waiting, can I have a chilli dog? I'd have died.
1: I like this guy. I thought he was perfect. I thought Um, his comedic timing was great as well.
0: Yeah, he's okay. He's better later. I didn't didn't find him that good at the beginning. Later in the movie, I thought he was great. Um, Rebecca's told to stay in her lane and she storms off into the corridor and kicks a chair. This made me fucking laugh so hard. They're obviously filmed in a proper police station and she kicks this chair. You know, when you get angry and you want to break something and you kind of go oh as hard as you can, you get to it and kind of just tap it. Yeah, <laughs> it's that. And I think it's because she was worried that she might actually damage property that wasn't hers. I laughed a lot because it's so she like this big, vicious stamp. And then she gets like an inch from it and like taps it
1: yeah it's like oh shit no this is actually mine i've paid for this this is my house yeah
0: it <laughs> me up. really really cracked me up and uh we meet so in the hall she's met by her sister who's an fbi agent um who tells her basically look calm down it, it, it this is where we are you just you calm down and just let things take their course you'll be fine uh do we get the exposition about the dad here as well
1: we do and it's very drab and not very relevant i'll be honest yeah
0: so it's like it, it, my dad died too i'm as invested in this as you are that's yeah. kind of the, the gist of it having seen the police finest um we now get a look at the drug cartel finest um and this is a guy in custody goes back to what could have call it the hangout the hangout of the drug dealers and we get to meet his mother his mum is revealed like she should be the world's biggest cameo in a movie, and they couldn't sign a cameo. There's this yep. big like reveal where she spins around their hair washes, and I'm going, "Who's it going to be? Is it Glenn Close? Is it is it someone yeah, huge?" Yeah, this is like Sigourney Weaver. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's just some random actress. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was yeah, kind like, of
0: oh,
1: oh, I feel oh, like this was written for a bigger part.
0: Yeah, this was this was written for Sigourney Weaver, and Sigourney Weaver yep. said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she explains that is that the family has become the most dominant crime family not because they're the richest or because they're the biggest but because they are the most feared and she needs to know whoever's taking over is not afraid to get their hands dirty and her son is basically you could tell he, he he's there for the drugs of the women he's not into getting his hands dirty at all no no he's a very privileged mummy's boy isn't he very, very, very much so. Uh, we cut to Rebecca, who is out where Renfield killed the assassin. So she's happy to carry on this investigation and try and track down what's going on. She's adamant she wants to bring down this mob, mob family and she finds a pen. So in the fight that Renfield has with Budget Bane, he stabs him in the neck with a pen and the pen's got a name of a bar on it. So they go to investigate the bar funnily enough renfield is in that bar hunting for dracula and this did make me laugh because in that bar you have a happy couple you have a family you have a group of nuns sat at a table and a busload of cheerleaders pull up and come (laughs) into the bar i did find this funny perfect yeah it was very it was kind of at this point i got the tone of the movie yeah, because you can see he sat there toying with his emotions, like,
1: oh, I don't want to do this. And then all of these things, these, like, temptations just scroll past him.
0: Yeah, I I, I cracked up when I saw the nuns. And then when the bus goes past, it's like, cheerleaders, literally hanging out the windows. It's like, that's brilliant. Well, well done. <laughs> uh, we see Rebecca and her partner arrive outside, and the son of the mob boss is sat in a car. Uh, and he's saying, she needs reminding who runs this town. And I could see exactly where this was going and how everything would tie together. So Rebecca goes in as Renfield spots her. He tries to leave going, shit, it's a policewoman. I'm here to kill people. I need to get out of here. As Renfield goes to leave, you've got like, armed men coming into the building, like SWAT team style mobsters. They burst in and they take control of the restaurant and they hold Rebecca at gunpoint while Renfield hides. The main mob guy is called Teddy. Uh, so this is the son is Teddy um he tells her how much of a coward her father was before she died uh and that he begged for his life and he says that she can live if she admits that they own her that she does what they say yeah and balls to this woman man In fact, you know she goes for it <laughs> she just goes shoot me yeah and he's like what she's like shoot me i'm not fucking he has no me. idea how to deal with it
1: does he? he's like yeah he's like oh, i um... kind of didn't expect this to play out like this
0: yeah and then she's like you haven't shot anybody before, have you? It's like, yeah, I have. I've shot loads of people. She's like, it doesn't look like it because I'm still alive and you've not shot me. And like, just as he's getting the balls to do it, we see a shot of Renfield as a fly like buzzes in front of him. And the next thing, Renfield is like halfway across the room and has taken this guy, like knocked him flying. Um, all hell breaks loose. It's overly CGI bullet time, fight time. Brilliant. It's not Brilliant. It was brilliant. No. Renfield goes full
1: John Wick, not as John Wick as he goes later on, but he goes John Wick enough where I was like, that's cool. (sighs) Yeah. Again, I I get where you're coming from because it's a very conflicting narrative to have with a story that centres around Dracula.
0: And I I can understand your... don't, Don't get me wrong. Later, there's a scene later that is one of the best action fight scenes in a horror movie ever but this one is trash
1: I don't know I disagree with you I thought it was really really cool really well pull out really well choreographed I just I I
0: don't understand your beef with this man I don't (laughs) get it because it's just fun it's fun why do you not like fun (laughs) Uh, they end up saving each other I'm skimming over it they end up saving (laughs) each other (laughs) Uh, uh, Renfield is impressed that she stood up to to someone and he's obviously looking at her as a bit of a role model going well if you can stand up to this tyranny kind of so can i they introduce themselves and then she asks like all the patrons to thank mr renfield for his help today as he saved all of their lives and he is a hero And we cut off into another renfield monologue
1: yeah you kind of see in this moment where renfield's getting this realization that he can be something different he can be A hero in all aspects he can be a savior to to humans rather than being a delivery boy to dracula
0: yeah and thankfully just like i'm going to cut you off this gets cut off as dracula is back and calls him back (laughs) to the underground lair um it's cool when dracula calls him back this is very similar to how it's done in the books so renfield will hear dracula's voice in his head and he has to obey so i like the bit where renfield stood there and he's having a chat with rebecca and then you hear Dracula go, Renfield, I need you. And Renfield yeah. has to leave. That that was brilliant. That's so authentic to every piece of Dracula work. That's great. I love that. Yeah.
1: Again, though, that just brings back to the inclusions of of all these little tidbits that, that kind of culminate together to make sense of of what this story is trying to tell. It's trying to appeal to everybody.
0: Yeah. And why I'm hating on it, my hate is going to wane. I I am going to get, he's getting better. There's going to be bits where I'm going to be bigging this up. Earlier when Dracula and Renfield had a conversation and Renfield's going, "I, I want a life again. We deserve better. He starts off going, I deserve better. And he's like, no, we deserve better. When he gets back to the underground lair, Dracula's like, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier. And you're right, Renfield. We do deserve so much better. And then Dracula unveils his grand plan for world domination that he scrawled on a wall sourced in powers it's brilliant fucking fabulous he's like so what i've decided is we're going to take over the world and we're gonna give humans a choice they either become a follower like you or they become food that's their options that's yeah. the plan and then dracula's like and it will be you and me till the end of time and then dracula kind of slinks off into the shadows the next thing we do is we cut straight from there to the self-help group and we meet a woman who's giving a stories really heartfelt of all the trouble she's going through and renfield bursts in and goes i need to share and the bloke's like running the course goes of course renfield sits down and this woman carol goes oh fucking no one cares about my story anyway and sits and, like folds her arm which... this is tara from terrify it was
1: nice to see her getting some spotlight
0: yeah it was and it's a reoccurring gag because it comes back later as well it does yeah it does um I... And Renfield starts saying that he's in a toxic relationship and he's explaining how bad things are with Dracula and that they're codependent and that he needs to take power back and focus on himself. This is what the group are telling him. And it's at this point that Renfield goes, well, without me, Dracula would not return to full power. He So if I stop helping him, he won't regain full power. And the bloke goes, yes, he won't. It's a bit weird you said it like that. But yes, he won't (laughs) regain full power. And they all, like, charm together. He won't regain full power.
1: So Um, funny. I really like these self-help segments.
0: This bit here cracked me up. And I love the montage that comes next as we see Renfield starting his new life. So we see him rent an apartment. We see him go shopping. We see him decorate. On the advice of the rest of the group that we keep cutting back to, we see him get his hair done. He gets, like... Cleaned up, all his nails are cleaned. New clothes and a spa day, and all of that. Yeah, was it's great. funny because
1: he keep flashing back to the self-help like, oh, I slide your fucking nails up
0: because all the yeah. dirty nails are, uh, and, <laughs> and he, nails. Goes for a,
1: he goes through a manicure and stuff. It's, it's yeah. really, really well done, and I like how flowery he becomes.
0: Uh, very, very, very flowery. That's a perfect, very interest. pastel,
1: very pastel coloured and bright and away from his mundane sort of grey dated suit that he's used to
0: yeah and it's uh, i quite, i quite like it um so in that big like scene you had in the the restaurant or in the bar uh teddy got arrested um so the mob boss who tried to shoot rebecca and he walks free again and rebecca stands in the middle of the police station accuses every single one of them of being on his payroll and as she does that, Renfield walks in, and he's wearing the most pastel, flowery, bright coloured jumper ever, and carrying a bunch of flowers.
1: I love this interaction between him and Rebecca, and the way that she's like, "Oh, I, I, I like it. I like what you've kind of come out." And he's, and the way he comes in, he's like, and then one of the officers goes, uh, "Have you got flowers for her?" And he's yeah. like, "No, no, no, no. These are for
0: everybody." Yeah, and the, the bit where one of them goes. Is that your boyfriend? She's like, shut the fuck up, Jerry. So funny. And then they say that all the time for all this film. It's always, fuck off, Jerry. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Jerry. Go away, Jerry. (laughs) Um, Now, the mob, so he's coming to give his statement. And we see a brief moment where they're talking about their witness statement. And we cut away to the mob family who are explaining that they've got eyes on him because they've hacked into NSA's eye in the sky. And their mum says, Teddy has until the end of the day to find him and kill him. Now, Rebecca took the pen that she found at the scene. She's taken it to her sister at the FBI and she wants her to investigate it. Now, I want to point out, I write my notes as I watch the movie. So I don't watch the movie, then write my notes. I watch it as I go. At this point, I pegged the sister as corrupt as fuck.
1: Yeah, I did as well. I thought she was in.
0: (laughs) Excuse me. What happened? What was that?
1: Uh, I don't know. They usually come in twos or threes. Hold on. No, apparently,
0: apparently if you have eight, it's an orgasm. <laughs> Just <my> two. <laughs> <laughs> you're a core of the way there. Only six more to go. No, I think I cut it off at two. Um,
1: yeah. I'm so uh, yeah, no, I, I too picked, <laughs> <laughs> I too picked her as being corrupt and being part of the buy-off. I thought yeah. it was going to come by like this big grand reveal that she was ultimately involved with the whole gangland situation.
0: Yeah, I did. And I like the fact they didn't go that way because I, I saw it and I literally wrote in my notes. I know the ending.
1: That was what, That's <laughs> what it says in my
0: notes. Um, so the mob arrive at what they think is Renfield's place, but it's not because they've been watching him go in and out of Dracula's lair. They've not seen that he's been invented this new apartment dracula taking them out is fucking fantastic you get the nod to nosferatu as you see the shadow pass across the wall without dracula there you see like the bits where it like you get a bat transformation but you also get like a bit where the lights flicker on and off and when they flicker on dracula's right behind a guy and then they flick off and then they flick on and you see the guy turn around and he's not there and then he turns back and they flick on and Dracula's in front of them. This entire scene was fantastic. It's nice to show you, see you showing some love for this. Uh, like I said, I, I don't hate it. There's just elements of it that I fucking despise. <laughs> <laughs> I think personally for me, had they switched the focus of this from Renfield to Dracula and stuck everything around Nicolas Cage and made Renfield the side character this movie would have been infinitely better for me.
1: I completely and utterly disagree with you on every aspect of that. Oh, really? Yeah, 100%. I think that did. Nah, I said 100%. Oh, no, that was last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I disagree with you completely. I think that this, as I said earlier on, I feel like Renfield is a titular character. This is a showcase of Renfield's arc. So I'm, I'm quite glad that they didn't do that. Because as much as it may have been tempting for the production company of this to be like, Nicolas Cage is fucking flawless in this role. Yeah. let showcase that. They didn't. They stayed true to what they were trying to tell and the story they were trying to develop. And I think that props to them for for not going down that road.
0: Oh, well, they stuck to their guns. I'll, I'll give them that. And like in this scene, like everyone dies apart from Teddy. And when Dracula gets to him, Teddy's like, I'm evil. Dracula, Dracula kind of looks at him like what it's like I'm, I'm evil i'm I'm nasty, I kill people i'm I'm a, I'm a bad guy, and Dracula kind of smiles and then he turns into bats and flies off into the night because he explains that he's looking for Renfield as well yeah he's like i'm looking for I'm looking for this guy, and he's like, ah, oh, Renfield He's like, yeah. and Dracula's like okay, we've got something in common and he yeah. like the, the bat transformation was also great, that looks fantastic. Yeah, the
1: CGI in this as well. Like I'm you know me, I'm a big advocate of practical effects, but I have to admit that the
0: visual effects in this are pretty well done. They are pretty well done. Uh Renfield returns home to his apartment to find Dracula sat in his apartment, drinking what looks like a blood martini. Renfield, come in. I've been expecting you. Direct nod to the book and to Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was like, yes.
1: The best bit about this scene for me was when he comes in and he sees him in his apartment and he's like, how the fuck did you get in here? Because I didn't invite you in. Yeah. And then he looks at the doormat and the doormat says, welcome, please come in. Yeah. <laughs> and he could just see Renfield's eyes roll. And I'm like, perfect.
0: Yeah. And Dracula's kind of like got this, he's, he's not smiling, but he's got this smug look of you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dracula compliments Renfield on his new clothes and starts questioning him. Of like, he's like, so will you be bringing me dinner anytime soon? And Renfield's like, uh, yeah, I was working on it. He's like working on it for the last couple of weeks. Like, uh, yeah, things have been busy. And Dracula's like, well, I can see as he's like looking around his apartment. Um, The awkward conversation is great. And the fact that Dracula knows he's lying and just lets Renfield dig and dig and dig. And at no point does he give him a lifeline. It's uncomfortable to watch, but so funny. Yeah. So, so funny. The interaction between the two of them is perfect. Dracula wants an explanation to why Renfield has killed so many baddies while saving innocent people. And he gives an absolute fantastic speech about how he's the victim. And it's a very narcissistic, nasty thing, but the speech is fabulous. It's like, you've left me to die and you've just abandoned me. And let's be honest, in this whole thing, I'm the victim here, Renfield. I've given you everything. It's really narcissistic, but I did laugh a lot. He's like, you swore to protect me, like you swore to protect your wife and kids. I was like, oh, it's a bit harsh. Blah, blah. Uh, Renfield grabs a book, which instantly I thought was the Bible, but it's not. It's a book he was at self help of how to defend against a narcissist. And he like, holds it up to Dracula, like how you'd hold a cross. And Dracula looks at it like the fuck is that?
1: Yeah. And he starts reading assets from it and reading pages as if to say,
0: You've done this to me, you've held me down for so long. <laughs> He's reading like self-affirmation. He's like, I will no longer tolerate this abuse. And Dracula, like, kind of like looks at him like, What? He's like, I deserve love and happiness. And Dracula's like just advancing on him, like, I'm gonna kill you in a minute. <laughs> 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 He starts to say how he like he, he's a bit where he goes. I empathise with you and I understand the situation you're in, and this is where Dracula like snatches the book. Um, and he flips it over and he sees on the back that it's been given to, it's like got a sticker on it from the church where the self help group is at. <laughs> and Redfield's like, oh, Dracula, like, it all makes sense, and then Dracula yeah. just vanishes brilliant i i genuinely this interact these two on screen are gold fantastic yeah and one of my biggest criticisms which i'll get
1: to in my roundup is the lack of focus on the overall runtime on these two
0: yeah uh, definitely there's too much focus on uh, mob boss mum and like weird son and not enough focus on what i'm there for
1: yeah and that's exactly right and it's it's it doesn't pull away from your overall experience with the film, but it, it is a big overshadow when you watch it, I think.
0: Yeah, and a problem I've had in lots of other films that's very apparent in this is the leap in gaining knowledge. So like Dracula, we've seen how he's gained the knowledge of he's going to the self-help group now. But through this stupid coincidental twist of events, the cop is now also heading to the sharing group because she's interviewed someone who knew someone at the group and it's really convoluted and crap, but it gets her to where she needs to be. Yeah. And I hate that kind of lazy shit. We need to get the cop there. How do we get the cop there? Oh, let's just write a quick two minute throwaway scene. I hate that.
1: Yeah. There is the overall arc of this story is very lazy. There's no denying that. But again, if you, if you look at it from that kind of perspective and kind of know what you're getting yourself in for, it's, it's tolerable. It's not a big enough criticism to turn around and be like, "Oh, well, it didn't flesh out this or it didn't flesh out that." But it's it flows naturally enough, yeah, for it not yeah. to be an issue for me. I don't think.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, Renfield realizes where Dracula's going and he rushes to the church because he's like, "Shit, I don't want all my friends to die." um He bursts in, interrupting Carol's sharing again, and this is where the gag comes <laughs> back. And, I, and Carol literally <laughs> left full drive and goes, No one cares what Carol thinks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Good. Uh, and as a member of the audience I kind of went yeah to be fair actually no one cares what Carol thinks <laughs> but we don't care poor Carol um, he tries to convince everyone to leave as the door swings open and Dracula you see Dracula's cane like touch the threshold of the door and he looks straight at the guy who runs the group and goes no and it's all in slow motion he goes please come in join us and he's like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, dracula introduces himself to the group uh by levitating in front of everyone and the guy's like oh it's i think you've got like more of like a problem than we realized like, i no. love
1: I like the whole line as well like he's in this scene he's interrupted so many times as he's doing his monologue as he's walking around everybody and i'm like say it say it say it, i am dracula <laughs> And it's like he's interrupted so many times as he's about to do it. And then all of a sudden he just loses his shit and levitates above everybody. He's like, I am Dracula. That's
0: yeah. like, awesome. Um, Dracula keeps asking Renfield, like, why have you chosen this desperation and this depression of humanity when you could be a god like me? And as Renfield's about to explain why, Dracula massacres everyone. And it's beautiful, and it's gory, and it's fun, and I loved it.
1: It was weird though, because like he hits Nicholas Holt, and Nicholas Holt flies across the room in slow motion. So you can only assume that Dracula's killing speed is because this whole happened. This whole thing happens before Nicholas Holt even hits the ground. Yeah, like he hits him; he's floating through the air, and in the whole time that he goes from point A to point B, he has literally wiped out this entire room of people.
0: Yeah. I loved this. Je- oh, genuinely you. loved it. Um, Dracula tells then tells Renfield there are fates worse than death, and he will get to witness as he unleashes this on the world, adding that everyone will suffer because Renfield betrayed him. And it's at this point Dracula disappears as Rebecca arrives, seeing Renfield get up, caked in blood, and just a sleuth of bodies laid behind him in bits.
1: Very incriminated. Uh,
0: yeah, funnily enough, she arrests him. There's not much else she could do here. <laughs> or no, she doesn't. She's about to arrest him when the whole force, police force turn up. No, she does arrest him. Well, she does arrest him. She walks him out. And as she walks him out, the whole police force arrive. Um, and this is
1: where we find out the element of corruption and how far it spreads. As we get the police captain, we get her partner, who's obviously... Because she asked her partner to call it in when she walked in on Renfield covered in blood. She's like, you better call this in. And he/she goes to arrest Renfield, and as they go outside, it's clear that he is also yeah. on the payroll, as all the police and SWAT
0: and gangsters and mob cars turn up outside. Yeah, and like the mum and mob boss is stood next to the chief of police. Yeah, so and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's literally like everyone, even like apart the from def- Rebecca. Apart from Rebecca is the only genuine cop going. Even Kyle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, the mum says she wants Renfield So she can find her son Because her son's missing He's in Dracula's lair still And Rebecca agrees before shooting a power line And going on the run with Renfield That so in this kind of Fire and gunfire everywhere She kind of gets knocked out in the process Well she gets shot Yeah she gets shot but she's out cold She goes yes. into the car and she's out cold And Renfield drives off
1: and nurses her to
0: health back at his apartment. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, um, she wakes up and's like, what's going on? She wakes up on Renfield's sofa, and she's like, "You're a serial killer." And he's like, "Bringing her like something to eat." And she's like, "I'm not eating that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to poison me." He's like, but "I'm not. I'm not going to poison you. um I, I work for Dracula." She's I'm like, still
1: in your custody. I have handcuffs on. I'm not doing anything sinister. Well, I'm the, just trying to
0: help you. The best bit is when she wakes up, he hasn't got the handcuffs on and he's making her breakfast. And then when he puts the food down, he puts the handcuff back on and goes, I'm still in handcuffs, even though I can get out of these whenever I want. Um, well, I
1: didn't pick up on that. I thought he had them
0: on the whole time. No, he, he doesn't have them on. So he's obviously broken out of them. And then he puts them back on when she like starts looking worried. Um, I love the interaction where he explains everything. The only bit I didn't buy into is the bit where she just all of a sudden buys into it.
1: Yeah. And, and again, this character dynamic between Renfield and Rebecca, I, I personally could have done without it, I'll be honest.
0: Yeah. And I could have done with the without the bit that comes next. So her sister calls her and says that she's got the DNA off the pen and it could be the most prolific serial killer in all of history. And he's probably in his eighties and they agree to meet.
1: (laughs) This scene, it made me laugh because she's like, she's clearly eating the cookies that Radfield has made for her at this point. Yeah. And she's like, don't eat anything he gives you. And she's like, oh, I never would. I never would. While she's chewing down on a cookie,
0: he's literally just made her. (laughs) Uh, They, they agreed to meet a cap. And this is kind of where we start to slip into the, the final scene of the movie. Um, Firstly, the crime families and the police descend on the apartment complex. So as they're leaving Renfield's apartment, you get the crime boss and all these crime mob guys and the police all arrive. Um, and Renfield is frantically looking for bugs to eat. Yeah, um, and you
1: get a little bit of a tie back scene where he gave an aunt out of his special little bug box earlier on. And he yeah. gives it to a kid on the apartment block who has an at home. Yeah. He's like, oh, add this to your aunt home.
0: Yeah, and then he eats the entire ant farm in one go.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, He goes undead John Wick in by far the best fight scene in this movie and arguably one of the best action fight sequences in any horror movie ever. And it's all in broad daylight. It's brilliantly choreographed and it's just fucking amazing. There's a bit where he uses a severed arm as a weapon. Man, there is so many elements of this fight scene, in, in particular, that are what? just outstanding to me. And it was, what's your favorite bit in this? Because there's there's so many bits in this that are brilliant. What's your best bit? I think the one in particular that really stood out to me was when he rips the guy's
1: face mask off because they're, they're all dressed in SWAT gear, so they have the goggles and the mask and all the rest of it, and he rips a guy's face mask off and he just pulls his face with it. Yeah. And, I mean, this is like Hotel Inferno level shit. This is clearly like low budgetary practical effects, but it just looked outstanding. I was like, that is awesome. And then again, you mentioned about the, the him using arms yeah, to fight off other bad guys throughout this whole sequence. But it... <laughs> It was when he has the two arms and he's using them as nunchucks. And then the Rebecca character is in, like, sort of distress and she's got two guys on her at the same time. And he uses them as spears across the balcony open way, across the courtyard. And he just throws both of them and pierces pierces these two guys against the wall with these arms hanging out. I just thought it was fantastic. The whole thing is choreographed perfectly for me.
0: It's amazing. My favourite bit in this is there's a guy who's struggling with Rebecca – and she kind of pushes him, so he's like over the the railing, like he's going to fall off. And Renfield jumps from the level above and like double stomps on his chest, rips. Yeah, that's him... like a
1: WWF moment, isn't it? Yeah, like he
0: rips him clean in half, and then as he hits the top of this car bonnet, he just like obliterates into mush. Yeah, oh, I mean I the, like...
1: the graphics in this and the practical effects in this are insane. There is so much
0: blood splatter. This this scene honestly is. Fabulous, and it's worth watching this movie just for this three-and-a-half-minute scene. It's so good. Agreed. So, so good. Uh, back at Villain headquarters, uh, we get the chief detective saying he's out. He's like, I can't do this anymore. It's getting out of hand, and I'm leaving. And as he walks out of the room, his severed head comes bouncing back in as Teddy walks in. And Teddy is now a familiar, just like Renfield. They shut all these big like metal shutters on the room, and he's like... You've got to meet someone, Mum, and they bring in a coffin, which contains Dracula. Um, we've got twenty minutes left, and I'll be honest. At this point, I've, I've bought in. I've bought into what this movie is fully now. It's not I fucking down, Yeah, I struggled with this, but I bought in now. Um, Dracula meets mum and mob, mob boss, and quite blatantly, fancies her. Um, I'm out again. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, then I'm out. Uh, Renfield and Rebecca share a coffee and have a casual chat where the whole criminal underbelly of the world is looking for them. Um, Renfield shares some of his life about how he had a family and you get a bit of backstory. And I'll be honest, it's kind of irrelevant to how this movie plays out. Um, Rebecca calls her sister, but instead she gets Mama Mob Boss, who answers and says that basically she's got them. Um, And this is where we get the final bit now so renfield says we need to prepare and we need to do that during the day and we get another montage as they go and collect a shit lot of bugs they collect crucifixes and a supercar why they need the supercar i have no idea
1: why would you not need a supercar
0: this is true um (laughs) they drive straight to the mob boss base and they walk in and Lots of these people are now familiars, not just Teddy. There's a big swathe of these mob guys who are now familiars, and they attack Renfield and Rebecca. This reminded me very much of a video game. Yeah, you this get is like, moral combat
1: in its finest.
0: Get, you get the first wave of baddies, and they take all of them out, and then you get another wave of baddies that they struggle a little bit more with, and Rebecca ends up on like a one-on-one with Teddy, uh, Renfield dives to her rescue and basically says to her, look, go and get your sister. I will I will finish this off. You go sort your sister out. And we get a one-on-one familiar fight. So you get Teddy versus Renfield. Um, while they're fighting, Rebecca is now with Mama Mob Boss and Dracula. And Dracula... Dracula's trying... I, I got the feeling Dracula's trying to seduce her.
1: Yeah, that, that was my sort of take on it as well. Like, it was that kind of whole... Nosferatu Dracula thing where he's trying to take.
0: I can, I can save. Yeah, I can save your sister, but you need to be with. You need to be with me. You need to be one of my people for me to do that for you. It was like
1: that whole "I can't have you, so I'm going to pursue you" kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what what I got from it. Uh, We cut back and forth between this kind of seduction scene and the one-on-one fight with the familiars. Um, I wasn't overly keen on this. What was meant to be like the final fight for Renfield? What did you think of this?
1: Um, I
0: don't know. I don't
1: know. It, it
0: all kind of
1: happens really quickly for me in this in this last section. It kind of just abruptly comes to a final closure.
0: Yeah. So you've got like Rebecca's just about to succumb to Dracula. Yeah. And you've got. Renfield's had his ass kicked and he's on the floor and he's down now and, and then it's all of a sudden Renfield is up he swallowed another bug and it does like the literally like a Mortal Kombat fatality it goes like so you can see the x-ray of the person yeah. as he it kicks, kicks him in the back yeah. and like snaps his back in half and it's yeah. a cool, cool shot but it's kind of like it happens it goes from Renfield's winning then Renfield's losing then it's over there's no like big fight back where he kind of like fights his way back. He literally gets up and snaps Teddy cleaning too. Yeah.
1: you'd you, Like I you say, you get that kind of, this is it now. This is the end. Let's wrap this up. And yeah, you that... feel that as an audience member.
0: Yeah. Um, Rebecca gives in to Dracula and Renfield arrives like just as she's doing that. Um, I say she gives in, she kind of pretends to, and she's doing that to get close enough to activate the shutters for the window, which she does. And it floods the room with, with sunlight. Dracula flees into like a back room and kind of takes Renfield down on the way. He knocks Renfield down, Renfield's out. Um, we get some brilliant cinematography here where he stalks Rebecca in this back room. I absolutely love this where it's like, again, like they've done earlier, where the light flashes and he's right behind her. And then it yeah. flashes again and he's in front of her. And wherever he is, she's looking the other way. Yeah, That's the true sort of terror of Dracula that he is. Always there, but not where you're looking. I love that. He goes in for the bite because he basically grabs her by the throat and lifts her up into the air. And he has this bit where he's about to bite her neck. And as he does, Rebecca shoots him in the foot and blood falls from his foot, dripping into Renfield's mouth. And as we found out earlier, his blood heals Renfield. Yeah. Yeah. And boom, Renfield's back in the fight. He rips Dracula's fangs out which is fabulous he jumps on his back grabs hold of his fangs and yanks them out i thought that was great
1: it was very very cool but it was even cooler the fact that dracula then was like mate that means nothing to me <laughs>
0: yeah, and then grows them back instantly yeah <laughs> um <laughs> they have this fight going on and kind of dracula like throws him across the room and then goes diving after him. And as he goes diving after him, Dracula ends up in that blue ring circle from the yep. beginning. And we get a really bad gag where Rebecca's like, turns out you can make a a capture circle out of anything because she's made it out of cocaine. Yeah. And this is where I was expecting the bear to lollop through. <laughs> um, they torture Dracula, I think is the best way to, to put it. So there's weapons all over the walls and they
1: just kill him in every way possible. I like this because they kind of focus on the fact that there is no definitive way to kill Dracula. It's like people have tried in the past and they've tried everything. They've tried this, that, and the other. They've tried spiking him. They've tried burning him. We don't know what definitively kills him, so we are just going to try everything. And they do. And they literally try everything possible that would take out... Uh, i don't even know what you'd call a dracula a, a vampire being, Yeah, i mean yeah a vampire but <laughs> the king of vampires so he's like yeah hellspawn
0: i guess yeah, you would say I, and i like the bit where you get a lot you get like renfield's monologue here this bit i like where he's like i've seen dracula survive being burnt alive for 30 minutes so we burnt him for an hour yeah. So, yeah. Good. <laughs>
1: and then they've got the lumps under. They chainsaw him. They spike him. They literally cut him up into tiny little pieces and cast him in concrete. It's, it's yeah. It's a cool way to be able to handle the fact that we have no idea what works and what doesn't work. So we're just going to go with whatever we know from past iterations of the Dracula
0: story and hope for the best. Yeah. Exactly. And it that. also kind of leaves it open for sequels as well. Do you know? Yeah. I mean? Of course it does. Because a hundred percent they fucked this up and he's alive. Yeah, they give her sister some Dracula blood, which means she's fine. Uh, Rebecca arrests the mobster mum, and her and Renfield start a focus group all on their own. And they bring back all of the old people from the focus group by giving them Dracula blood as well. And I love—I was real thing. jarred by this because I was like, "What's going on here? How are you guys back?" See, I liked this not only because they brought them back, but because the like the guys like, "Yeah, thank you for bringing us back from that place that we've seen things that." we'll never unsee and I'll never be the same again.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. The guy's called Mark, isn't he? He's like,
1: I've never, <laughs> he's so cool. Cause he turned around. He's like, Oh yeah. I really appreciate that. You're bringing us all back here to be here together. And, uh, the stuff we've seen stuff that we've been through the places we've seen and the places we've been to, um, yeah so
0: anyway (laughs) and it
1: almost like leaves it on that cliffhanger note as if to say like they're all gonna go away and kill themselves because of the past trauma they've experienced that's exactly
0: what i thought yeah they've ended up in hell or something and it's not been nice yeah Um, we get one last monologue from renfield about talking about facing demons and how he's overcome his demons and you can too that's kind of the message under under this is whatever you're going through you can get out of it um the end. Credits roll. I asked for three-word reviews on this, or three-word predictions, um, because it's it's new, and not a lot of people have seen this. We've got a few, but only a few. Well, I think it's time for three-word review. Yeehaw! Mike, the movie Misfit. More Cage Dracula. And they're a horror movie creator. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. Yep. More more of... Nic- Nicolas Cage needed about 25 minutes more screen time in this. Yep. I if think- this... If this was Nicolas Cage and Renfield as a team working together, oh, my God, I'd have been all over this movie. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm saving it for my roundup. (laughs) Um, Horror Review Girl, this looks shite. Oh, It was. Um, Also, also, Heather's got a nickname. We need to give a nickname for Elise. What should we call Elise? Uh... The Welsh Widow. She's not Welsh, she's Scottish. She's not Welsh, she's not a widow either. But uh, Heather's <laughs> not from Texas, and we call her Texas Twilight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like world has a nice ring to it. <laughs> the Welsh Buffy.
1: The Welsh Buffy, I can go with that. Yeah, with
0: that. so we've got the Welsh Buffy in Texas Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Cecil Candybottom, uh, Nick Cage sucked, and I like that. It's not he said he sucked, but he did suck. Um, And this is a real-life candy corn. Um, If you don't... You know the candy corn, the candy they get at uh, uh, Halloween in America? Yeah, I've never understood what that actually is. It's just a hard candy that looks like a bit of corn. Um, So Cecil Candy Bottom is a a real-life talking-with-eyes-mouth candy corn. Oh, this account followed me recently, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Cecil Candy Bottom, not giving away who is controlling Cecil County bottom is a friend of our friend Lee from the Gorkids Kids Table podcast really yeah so cool <laughs>
1: too much free time is what I'd call it
0: <laughs> uh, we've got narcotic casserole uh, heart and bite and they're a horror and TV show account despite a history of turning down non-leading roles in Hollywood so Nick Cage does not do movies very often where he's not the guy he was brought this script and before he had even opened it when he saw Renfield was the cover he'd already told his agent to accept if he was cast as Dracula
1: yeah, I know that this was like a, a dream role for him.
0: Yeah, it really, really was. Um, it's he's always, There's a couple of, I'll get to it in a minute, but there's a couple of roles he's always wanted to play, and Dracula's one of them. Uh, Renfield syndrome um, is known as clinical vampirism, and it's actually a, psych- a psychiatric disorder where an individual has an intense fascination with drinking blood or believing themselves to be a vampire, uh, the syndrome is named after the character R.R.R.M. Renfield from Bram Stoker's novel. Uh, Dracula consumed, obviously, people and Renfield contained consumed insects. And the thought behind it was that it basically they consumed their life force. This is a real thing that people have. So people will actually go around and eat bugs thinking they're getting the power from the bugs. Who are these people? I don't know. But it's, it's a real thing. Um William Ragsdale, who plays the elderly priest at the very, very beginning. Um, did you recognise him? I did, but I couldn't place him. It's Charlie Brewster from Fright Night. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> when I read that, I when I read that, I was like, that's so cool. So, yeah, so cool. very, very cool. Um so Nicolas Cage has wanted to play two roles in his career. There are two that he's always been desperate to play one was dracula which he's now done and the other is superman which he nearly did and he's trying to now oh no no, no for no, the no. new superman because the no, new no, superman no. is about an older superman
1: no 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 no. no. <laughs> you not keen on
0: the nick cage <laughs> no. superman?
1: i love nick cage with all my heart he's a great great actor
0: he's a great character actor he is not superman <laughs> he's not he's really not um this fact I absolutely love and I'm desperate to get to the bottom of it. Nicholas Cage lived in a haunted castle for a year where he wrote a horror script. When he finished writing the horror script, he printed it out and he broke the laptop that it was written on. So no one would ever get the hard drive copy. To this day, this script has never surfaced, but it is complete and it lives in Nicolas Cage's house in a vault. I will give him all of my assets. <laughs> I, I'm desperate to know what it is.
1: Yeah, I will give him everything I own. I will give him my wife.
0: (laughs) And the (laughs) stupid thing is, this is Nicolas Cage. If Nicolas Cage takes this to any Hollywood producer and goes, I wrote this script, I wrote it in a haunted castle, it's a horror movie, I star in it as the lead, they're literally going to rip his arm off and take that off him. Of course they are. The backstory alone is fucking putting bums in seats. Why have they not done it? Why has Nick Cage put that in a vault and left it there?
1: i don't know maybe he's just waiting biding his time
0: maybe that it's written... will
1: come to fruition eventually i bet
0: oh 100 percent. maybe it's written for an older nicholas cage maybe it's written for when he's in his 60s yeah is he not in his 60s now surely he must be <sighs> i'm going 50 google is your uh, friend uh, that's what i'm doing now um what how old do you reckon he is then i reckon he's in his like mid 60s i would have said never Oh, I'm closer than you. He's not quite 60 yet. He's 59. That must have been like all of his like Air stuff was like in, his, in 20s. his 20s. Yeah. But he looked like he was in his 40s when he did Conor. <laughs> he did look like he was in his 40s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you like the show, drop us a review on Apple or Spotify. Uh, if you want to buy something to support the show, you can do that by going to Uh Click on shop and there's loads of hats, bags, T-shirts, stickers, all that kind of cool stuff. Um, and you can also support us by supporting our show sponsor, which is Dubby Energy. And they make energy drink with no sugar, no colours, no fillers, and you don't crash on it. You don't get the jitters. You don't get any of the shit that normally comes with a an energy drink. And you get 10% off with You Run 10 when you check out. Um, all you need to do is go and visit their website, which is dubby.gg. If you want to watch this abomination, it is currently in theatres worldwide. <coughs> can you guess where can can you guess where my roundup is going with this? uh, yeah i can you're a bad man (laughs) i don't think i'm bad i I just think i'm honest no no you're bad (laughs) Uh, 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 what was last week's year 1930 something but i can't remember which one Was it 33? last week's
1: was Carrie. We did 1970...
0: No, it was earlier than that. 1930-something we done. 1933. 1933, yes. Yeah, it was 1933. No, you're lying. It's 1939. 1939. Sorry, I am lying. So, yeah, last week's anagram was 1930. It's not even an anagram. Jesus Christ. What Uh, are we doing here right
1: now? Do you want to start this again?
0: (laughs) Yes, the year last week was 1939. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man Let's just uh, roll
0: with it It's fine It's fine no Yeah worries. what was your movie quote Last week It was The Wizard of Oz If you only had a brain If you only had a brain Is that the Tin Man uh, No Tin Man wanted a heart No The Lion wanted a heart The Lion wanted a heart Tin Man wanted Did he want a brain Or was it the Scarecrow The Scarecrow wanted a brain What'd Tin Man want No the Lion wanted to be brave Tin Man wanted a heart And the Scarecrow wanted a brain
1: Oh um, Glad we've ironed that out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who had any concerns about the wisdom of ours, we've buttoned that up on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> What's your quote this week? My quote for this week is get be li-
1: my quote for this week is get, get busy vulnerable. living. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> Silence, please. My quote for this week is get busy living or get busy dying.
0: Well, oh, I recognise that one. I do recognize that. Yeah. Uh, My movie this week is Interview with a Vampire, which I think is very fitting. Uh, And my song this week is I Swear by All for One. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. I
0: Swear. That one.
1: (laughs) Instantly ruined it, but yeah.
0: By the moon (laughs) and the stars (laughs) in the sky, (laughs) I'll be there. Yeah, you're doing a great job. I thought I I nailed it. <laughs> um, do you want to take round up first or do you want me to go first? I do. Week? Yeah,
1: I actually do want to go first this week because you're an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my Roundup for this week consists of this. Basically, I found Renfield to be a riot. I thought it was a very, very enjoyable film. It knew what it wanted to be and it pigeonholed it perfectly. And um, the casting outstanding you've got fantastic performances from Nicolas Cage playing Dracula something that he was clearly born to play Um Nicolas Holt again something that I've had issues with in the past with Nicolas Holt underperforming in his in his roles Um he's a phenomenal actor but every time he's casting something especially more recently I find him to not give himself to it wholeheartedly and I don't know whether that's because of the pushbacks he's had recently in his career because he tried to go for Batman and then got knocked down for that for Robert Patterson. There was a few other like main sort of leading roles that he'd gone for, uh, been in, in concession for and, and didn't quite get. Um So I don't know how that's affected his mentality in regards to his portrayal on screen but a lot of the films that he's done in sort of the past five years I've always felt underwhelmed by his performance but even in this I thought he was fantastic I thought he really really tried his best and and felt at one with the character of Renfield similar to what Nick Cage did. I know there's a lot of focus on Nick's performance as Dracula but I feel like Holt's portrayal of Renfield is equally as captivating as Cage's if not more in the kind of sense of the direction of this film Um, the practical and visual effects are phenomenal and I'm a big advocate for practical effects but even the CGI in this seemed to work for me there was a perfect balance between the two and they all came together quite nicely the direction of cinematography was kind of hit and miss for me Um, there were moments where it showcased a lot of interesting ideas especially early on with the flashback scenes that we get a lot of nods and suggestions towards previous incarnations of Dracula. I said earlier on about it being Bram Stoker's Dracula by meant Francis Cord Copler's version yeah. that we got to see on screen. Um, as well as the Nosferatu from 1922 or
0: 1923. I yeah, 22. It,
1: 22, on yeah. it? Yeah, it's 101 that's... years old now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of callbacks to that, which was done very, very well. But the... The action scenes, as much as I love the action scenes and as much as I love the practical and visual effects that are used in those action scenes, the cinematography for me felt a little bit wonky. There was a lot of heavy, shaky camera work done in those. And although they tried to portray it as a point-of-view element while not being point-of-view because you kind of get an over-shoulder look from Holt's character throughout all of these things, I just felt the shaky camera work done It was a little bit too much and a little bit amateur feeling for me, Um, so I feel like that could have been tightened up a little bit. Um, My biggest flaw with this film was the focus on the crime lord gang style element of it and the focus on Rebecca Rebecca's played by Aquafina's um, police backstory. It just didn't. I felt like that took too much away from the sole focus of this film, which was the character development between Renfield and Dracula and the codependency between the two's relationship. That was why I watched this film. And that was why I came to see this film. And then when you interject this element of storytelling, that felt really, really out of place for me. It just didn't quite work. It didn't Um, need to be there. It didn't. It didn't. And it just felt like every time and every moment we spent on a scene focusing on, the loss of her dad and the dynamic between her and her sister and this whole corruption between the precinct, it just it deteriorated away from what we actually wanted to see, which was Holt and Nick Cage on screen being Dracula and Renfield. Yeah. And I feel like a lot more time should have been focused on their story rather than this interjecting story that just, it wasn't interesting to me and it just felt there to flesh out a premise that needed to run for ninety minutes. So it's like, oh yeah. we've got we've we've got a solid forty-five minute script between Nick, the two Nicks, but uh, forty-five minutes isn't enough to get us into the, the thing, cinema, is they, so we need to put something else into it.
0: And- but they could have set this in any time period in the entirety of history from the inception of Dracula to now, and they chose to put it in modern times of the drug cartel.
1: But even with that, though, that you say that, but the thing is, they could have taken this story and they could have all that flashback that they gave us in the first 15 minutes, they could have fleshed that out over 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. And they could have shown us all that backstory and all the build-up, and then we get to 45-minute point, and it's like Renfield's had enough and he's bored now. Yeah. And then we could have still had all this, him trying to redeem himself. We could have had all the talk group stuff in the back half. We could have had all that. But it felt like that they they kind of missed the mark on that and showed us too much too soon. Yeah. And then kind of ran out of storytelling elements earlier later on. Yeah. I um, agree. So that's that's my biggest downside to this film. But as a whole and as a collective, it did work for me. It was kind of a perfect blend between horror and comedy and action, sort of rush hour kind of storytelling film. Um and although I have my gripes with it collectively, I did I did enjoy myself. I can't say that sit here and say I had a bad time watching this film because I truly didn't. And although I had gripes with it throughout, it was a it was a pretty flawless narrative from point A to point B. And although us as horror fans might say, Oh, well they could have done this or they could have done that, this is a, a film that caters to the masses. Um, and it's there to put bums in seats and I think that this welcomes everybody regardless of you're a dedicated horror fan or whether you're just a casual cinema goer or an action fan or a comedy fan I think it blends all of those genres well enough collectively that it makes for a, a passable enough experience that everyone can enjoy it and for that I have to give it props so um For me, this is going to be a 3.5 out of 5. And I want to finalize by saying that if this is the direction that Universal decides to take their Universal Monsters cinematic universe, this is something that I'm on board for. I didn't... I don't think anybody was on board for what they tried to do with the Tom Cruise mummy thing. So, <laughs> no. No. So if this is, if if I had to pick between the two and this was with the decision that they were going to go forward with and we were going to get more stories like this involving Swamp Thing and Frankenstein and Wolfman and Frankenstein's Bride and the Invisible Man, then I think this is the kind of direction that I think Universal Studios needs to go with their properties. And I'll be there. I'll, I'll go and see them all. So for me, yeah, it's a three point five out of five. It was a very, very pleasant experience. I wouldn't go as far as saying it was a flawless film. It certainly has its flaws. Um, but as Scott's going to address, to sit there and <laughs> to sit there and say that it was a bad film, I think is is wrong because it's not. It's not. It's it's just it's popcorn fodder. Yeah, and for me, it'll be a regular rotation on my Halloween reviews. I think I think I'll probably bang this on in October season. It's a kind of thing where you would like warm yourself into every year. Oh, I'm not I don't watch horror films all year round, but it's getting to spooky season. We'll we'll tee in with Renfield, and then we'll go to the deeper, darker stuff as we get towards the day of 31st of October. So yeah, props to them for what they've done. I think it was I think it was all round good. Good okay. is what I'll describe it as. Okay, and that's a perfect middle point that I'm going to go
0: with. Uh, do you remember the noise you made after I reviewed Cocaine Bear? After I gave my roundup, do, do you remember how, your reaction to what I said about Cocaine Bear? No, it was I a don't lo-
1: what I did yesterday. It was along
0: the lines of, "Oh fuck!" It was something like oh. that. Right.
1: Okay. I want. I it up.
0: Yeah. If you If you get ready to do that again, <laughs> <laughs> um, Renfield had all the makings of. A horror comedy classic this could have been movie of the year but it fell into similar traps that cocaine bear did it added too many characters that i just didn't give a shit about i just didn't care about anyone outside of renfield and dracula i, I that that's all i was there to see i was there to see nicholas Holt and nicholas cage everyone else around it was irrelevant and their stories weren't well developed enough that i cared about them the narrative was terrible with the the addition of the drug cartel that could have been left completely out you don't need that get renfield falling in love with someone get renfield doing get renfield wanting to do puzzles and that would have been a more believable plot than this big drug cartel that are tracking him down and and trying to kill him um the cast were fucking god awful with the exception of nicholas Holt and, and nicholas Holt nicholas Holt and nicholas cage Everyone was fucking diabolical. There wasn't a decent actor among them. Um, It's true. The the guy who played Teddy, uh, the guy who does the voice for Sonic the Hedgehog, he was really good in the second half. First half, he was dismal. Um, Nicolas Cage was born to play Dracula. I'll die on that hill. Um, This was not the movie for him to play Dracula in. Everything around him let him down. When he hit the screen, Everything he said, everything he'd done, his mannerisms were all pitch perfect and everything around it just felt weaker than what he was delivering. And I felt he, I felt he deserved better. I think this is going to leave a Wicker Man size blemish on his career and it's not what he deserved. Um, This was supposed to be the rebirth of Universal Monsters and as far as I'm concerned, this Borderline insulted everything Universal melts has done. It had some excellent nods at the beginning, and then they were thrown away like they meant nothing. And they went into this action fucking John Wick bullshit crap that we got. Who Um, upset you today? Who has ruined (laughs) your day today?
1: Because this uh, is just absurd to
0: me. I I thought this was going to be epic. It was a wet dog of a movie. Uh, It failed to (laughs) deliver, and it sucked the fun out of everything Dracula. Um, Universal need to go back to the drawing board and rethink how they approach probably the most iconic set of movies ever made because this is not what they should be doing with it I would say this is so bad don't even bother going to the cinema don't pay for it when it comes for streaming, wait two years and get this when it's free fuck Universal fuck this movie fuck the cast fuck Hulk Fuck Nick Cage! Oh, this, too early. a little bit. Um, <laughs> I scored this prior to us talking about it at a two out of ten. After going back through it and feeling all the plot holes and reliving it all, um, this gets one out of ten. This was dog shit. Oh, I hate it. I hated it. There's oh, elements that, is that brutal, man. It's just so bad. It's so poorly contrived and they had such a great car although they had dick Hul and nick cage who are amazing and if they'd focused on the storyline of those two in any other time period with any other kind of narrative i have it that the church are trying to lure renfield away a dracula's trying to lure him back and you can still have renfield kicking ass like he does because the fight scenes in this some of them are fantastic and i loved that but Everything else around it just felt so weak. It just didn't hold. like Nick Cage, when he's Dracula, like that scene in the apartment when it's him and Renfield, that was everything I wanted from this movie. It was so good, so well written and so well put together. And then you've got this weird cop who's got like a disgrace, a dad who's like the king of the cops who died. And I don't care. I genuinely don't give a shit about any of that it's not needed I get
1: you I get what you're saying and I agree with the points that you've made but I don't think that the things that you've said marginally outweigh the positives that this film has as odd enough to give it a fucking one out of ten (laughs) the
0: the thing is I genuinely didn't enjoy it I went in and I I didn't even have high hopes for this but I had an idea of what I was going to get and I kind of got that but I got it in such a lower level of quality than i expected it looks great it sounds great nick cage and nick holt were fabulous but everything around it just dragged it down so much and like i found myself like you'd ever seen with nicholas cage like where he's killing all the the drug dealers have come to his den brilliant you get the nod to nosferatu you get like the shadows and the the the, the kill scenes they're all off screen but they are done so viciously and quickly and all of that was great and then you cut from that to like the dopey female cop in the middle of the station going, "You're all corrupt as fuck." What the fuck are you yeah, doing? Yeah, I get that. Why? I get that.
1: But I don't, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. And I, you're on an island. I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm. I, I, I'm happy. On my. Let us know what you think. If if you're if you're sat on the lonely, but it's currently a lonely island with me. Let me know.
1: I don't think it is though, because this is bombing at the box office at the moment. Is it? Yeah. It's, it's
0: fucking understandable.
1: Well. It's shit. Yeah, but that's a shame because the reviews and people's responses to it have been pretty positive. So I just don't understand why. I think bringing this out at the same time as Super
0: Mario Brothers probably didn't work in its favor. No, that was a. Bringing anything. If I was a producer of a movie and I saw Super Mario Brothers was coming out and the following week was Evil Dead Rise, I would have pushed my movie to May.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, And I think that's a poor strategy from the marketing department. Um, Again, I, I have to wholeheartedly disagree with you on your perception of this film. I just think it's a, it's a fun romp. It's as it's what it's a fun romp, and it just it's not made to be taken seriously. And you could just it's a hangover movie. Is what I'll perfectly describe it. As. It's a hangover movie. You can wake up feeling ropey as shit from the night before, and you could just sit back and enjoy all the elements that this film has on display and i think it caters to a lot of audiences and for that reason i i i think you're wrong and as much yeah. as i like to argue with you about I, your
0: I, a, I don't i don't think what you're saying is wrong and I, I think there are people who will get a lot of enjoyment from this but just for me it just missed it missed the potential that it had this could have been this could have been a modern day monster squad this could no, have but been The thing is
1: you could say that about any film you could say that about any film you watch and be like yeah it was great but it, it wasn't
0: no, because this yeah. is Dracula, and this is dealing with a well-known, well-established property, and it's got Nicholas Cage and Nicholas hulk This had the potential to be fucking incredible. And but can wasn't... you not take it on surface value for what it actually is? Yeah, it's trash. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> surface Blow value. I, I just didn't enjoy it, and I really wanted to. I mean, you and me spoke about this, and like, I watched the trailer, and I told you, this looks great. This is like. John Wick with vampires, this is awesome. And it was just such a limp, wet fish when I got into it. It just didn't give me that... Like the trailer was like so much bang, bang, bang. And then you get into it and you've got this subplot like Mama Mob Boss, who should have been Sigourney Weaver, who was just some random. It just didn't have the same impact that I wanted it to have.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's a lot to do with studio interference as well. Some of the times I feel like this was maybe designed as everybody these days has this perception of oh you've got a fantastic story this is fantastic with what you're doing here is brilliant but just reserve it a little bit because we need to make a sequel yeah and i feel like that was the intention with this film like there was so much where they could have added to it to amplify everything or they've condensed the story slightly in order to think oh we'll add that in the next one
0: yeah, I mean, if, if you
1: don't make a big enough boom with your first one, you're not going to get that second one. So, like, I feel like they'd have this, push this it, to, cut that. if
0: they would have pushed this to an hour and 45 minutes and they'd have gone balls to the wall, Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Holt. And let's say, for example, Renfield's fighting against him and then there's a bigger bad and him and Dracula need to work together oh my God, this would have been awesome. Him and Dracula in a fight scene fighting a bigger evil together would have been awesome.
1: But that's your sequel, isn't it? That's my point. Like the whole thing is just, it just felt like it was reserved. Dialed
0: back, yeah.
1: Yeah, reserved in order to make more in the future. And that's a product of Hollywood, not necessarily a product of the film writers or, or anybody who was involved in this production. And it's a shame that films do that these days because so many of them fall victim to it.
0: Which because everybody us...
1: wants a Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: Yeah, which ties us nicely into um, into next week. Because next week we are getting a movie that is 100% not going to be dialed back. It will be amped up to 1 million percent from the fucking word go right through to the end, because that's how the franchise is designed and built. Mark, what are we doing next week? I'm so excited.
1: We are doing
0: Evil Dead Rise. And I'm going to go to live now. And say that could potentially be movie of the year. I've not seen it yet, but it could be movie of the year. Yeah, I'm calling it now. Yeah, I, it's... I'm, I'm
1: more impressed with myself
0: that I got it right in the calendar that we had Evil Dead Rise next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm genuinely. This is the movie that I am so excited for. I'm a massive Evil Dead fan through and through. Every movie I love, Army of Darkness. I love. I love. Yeah, the the the. Sequel, not the reboot, not the remake. It's not a remake, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. We've established this many times because Mark had an argument with someone on TikTok and he did help.
1: <laughs> yeah, I need backup on that. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I'm I'm so invested in this and the fact that Raimi's involved and the fact that um, Bruce Campbell's involved, I couldn't be more bought into this.
1: Yeah, from the early screenings and responses that I've seen from people who have already seen this, it is coming out at high praise. To the point where everyone's like, I am amazed that this isn't directed by Ramey. It is that sort of close to what his vision was with the first two Evil Dead films.
0: Yeah. And I saw the announcement today. Uh, Bruce Campbell had an interview and they're, they're doing two more movies. Oh, really? Yes. There's, yeah, so there's two more movies coming. And they were trying to quiz a lot at Bruce Campbell. And he's going, let, not going to give away a lot. He said, but all I'm going to say is that Ash exists in this universe everyone from the 2013 movie exists in this universe. He said the Evil Dead is all tying back to Army of Darkness. There was three books on that stand. We've only encountered two.
1: Yeah, because I've looked online and the timeline consists of Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness 2013, is that right? Yeah. Then it's Evil Dead Rise, and then Ash versus the Evil Dead follows on from the Evil Dead Rise. So I don't yeah. know how this film ends, but I'm expecting some sort of after-credit sequence that's going to tie into Ash being prevalent to the story let, in some way or another.
0: Let's be honest, we're all Evil Dead sluts, and we will just take Bruce Campbell like we did in 2013 when he pops up there and goes, groovy. And that's yeah. enough for everyone in the cinema to lose their mind and stand up clapping.
1: But he's getting to, like, John Carpenter level fucking believability at the moment where he turns around and he's like i've never played ash again on screen i'm never doing ash ever again this is it this is my final hour as ash and then he's like oh yeah but they're making a new film so maybe i might come back for that one
0: yeah and, <laughs> and maybe if raimi directs i'll do it yeah or is it's this like, just is this just him and raimi holding film companies to rants and yeah they're just sat there
1: thinking well look if you say this in an interview People are going to buy into it. So let's yeah. do
0: it. You say you say, you won't do another one unless I direct it. And if they interview me, I say oh, I won't do another one unless you star in it. And then someone's going to bite and take us up on that. And we both get a big payday. Exactly. But yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for Evil Dead Rise. Um, I am. Make sure you join us next week. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. What else can I say? Until then, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for putting up with our rants and our rambles tonight because we've gone all over the place and we will catch you in a week's time have a lovely week
1: see you next week guys before we forget you want to die tonight the cheaper nastier the better for me
0: would you have stayed after this sorry man i was completely off guard there he's in his coffin he's the undead
1: this was the
0: best bit of the film this is not the last time someone's going to steal your man.
1: Yeah, Mark's not a nice guy.
0: But you didn't notice this scene. It looks like he's got an extra leg.
1: Yeah, I've got nothing. I've literally got nothing here. Surely that would be the worst. More listeners we have the worse I'm going to
0: be. Yeah, but I will just get a new phone. Oh, I tell a lie,
1: actually. Yeah, because we used to have um, teletext.
0: Art the Clown makes Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees look like pussies.
1: Can only assume that this was due to budgetary reasons and they couldn't afford enough extras.
0: Are you going to have Buster lines in your list of characters? Yeah, I can't believe you don't know Idle to I'm, I'm going to ram my foot out of this fucking problem. <laughs> it was awesome. It fucking wasn't <laughs> awesome! <laughs>